Hello, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm Bruce, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Nolan. What's up, dude? Hello, Bruce. Great to be here talking with you again. We're just making this a weekly thing now, I think. We're going to try. Um, we've gotten into a little bit of a groove here, which is kind of nice. Um, and hopefully we're able to continue this. But yeah, um, I am definitely down for a weekly situation, uh, making it a typical situation all summer long since we don't have any DMB. And Nolan, we did something new this week where um, since you know the Dave Matthews Band is, instead of doing their summer tour, they're doing a drive-in series every Wednesday, we went live prior to the drive-in series this Wednesday for about 15 minutes or so just to chat with uh, some listeners or followers there on Instagram, and that was pretty fun. It was. We pre-gamed the drive-in show, and <laughs> that was pretty cool because I saw a couple comments on there, um, people engaging with us, and we love that because we don't normally get to do that other than on social media, and it's nice that people um, jumped on to, to listen to us. And I saw a few comments that were like, oh, finally, faces to the voices. So, yes, mm -hmm. that was us. And uh, we're going to try and do that every week. Yeah. Well, my better looking counterpart, Nolan, is much Stop. better for the camera than me. I have the face for radio, as they say. Um, but this is something that we had talked about doing over the summer tour as we go to shows, we were going to be trying to do Instagram live from the lots, um, do some live podcasts from the lots. So obviously with that being ripped out of, um, ripped out of our hands, then we are basically doing, you know, making a substitute for it, doing whatever we can. So that is something we're going to try to do moving forward. So if you're not following us on Instagram at gray street pod, please come over, join us, have some fun. And if you are following us, join us on the IG Live. Hopefully next Wednesday we'll be able to do it again, leading into whatever drive-in show they choose. Um, Nolan, we also have some more uh, great news from this week. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect from DMB Radio moving forward. DMB Radio is here to stay for now, at least for the next year. And uh, we could not be more excited about that. They have some really cool stuff in the works. Band members are going to be guest DJing on there, whatever that means. That Ooh. sounds pretty cool. Uh, but Bruce, the coolest thing they're doing, and maybe one of the best things Dave has done from a fan engagement standpoint, there's going to be a Dave All Request set where fans can send in a 30 second or less video introducing themselves, requesting a song for Dave to play and what it means to them. And Dave is gonna play it from his home on July 3rd, whatever he decides to pick um, from these requests and brings up an interesting topic of discussion for us. What will we be submitting from the Gray Street Pod? Mm. Mm. Yeah, because we definitely need to send in a um, video of us two talking about this. We need to come up with something. I think we have, we I think we have similar feelings on a few songs here, but we really need to narrow this down. Um, we do. You know, will we be choosing "Out of My Hands"? Um, <laughs> will we be choosing, um, you know, "Smooth Rider"? No, uh, I don't know. But I do know, you know it, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> No, we will not be choosing those. We have uh, we have some 
some good ideas. Maybe Bismarck, Nolan. Could we bring mm. Bismarck back? Mm. Um, could we see a? Could we try to request Dave to perform a JTR solo? I mean, mm. you know the the opportunities are endless here, Nolan. I'm a little skeptical because I thought it might be a, a write-in sort of thing, so that maybe the top ten songs get performed, which I was kind of hoping so we could maybe try to get that groundswell effort for uh, some unique songs. Mm-hmm. But now it's apparently either Dave or someone is choosing the best videos to use. So who knows how that's going to go. Um, I'm a little iffy on it. It is definitely cool. Definitely some engagement. Hopefully um, we can get put together a nice video and send it in and maybe Dave will watch and um, show it or you know play the song that we request. But uh, yeah, definitely something very interesting and cool there. And another thing, Nolan, um, tonight, which we are recording um, on June 19th, Friday, Juneteenth, by the way, a um, should be a national holiday. Let's just get that out of the way. Yep. Um, they will, uh, the celebration of DMB Radio um, starts with an 8 p.m. Eastern performance of a premiere performance, actually, of Dave and Tim February 15th, 2020 from Moon Palace in Cancun, Mexico. That is night two, I believe, from um, Mexico of this year, which is a very good show. We reviewed it extensively on our podcast. Go back and listen whenever you get the chance. Great episode. Um, So that's pretty exciting, Nolan, to uh, kick it off with a Dave and Tim pro-recorded, I guess, version of night two from Mexico. Yeah, and if if you want to hear the fan recorded stuff, episode twenty one was Ooh. the the one where we reviewed Dave and Tim at Riviera Maya, so that will be pretty cool. And Bruce, there's one thing that we're like really, really, really trying to do, and we've been talking about it for a year now. Is maybe we can get on Sirius XM on the DMB channel and do some type of segment or do some type of version of our podcast now that it's like here to stay. What do you think? Yep. I mean, I'm 100% in on this. Um, I'd love to be a part of that. And just whether it's like an hour segment per week um, mm-hmm. or every couple of weeks, a two hours, you know, just something where we can bring um you know, some fans talking about the band to the channel. Um, you know, I think that we've done a fairly good job um, if, you know, and I, we appreciate people that tell us we do a great job. Um, but I think, you know, in our own minds, we do a decent job of being able to bring you some DMB history, mm-hmm. some uh, breakdowns of shows, songs, albums, etc. And we'd love to be able to do that on the radio and also maybe be able to do some interviews on that platform. Um, I know Ari Fink, and um, he has done some interviews and stuff. He's good at it. I oh, think yeah. that we would be a nice new um, refreshing voice as well to kind of contrast with Ari. Um, so people, Barrage Sirius XM, Barrage Ari, et cetera, et cetera, DMB management, and <laughs> ask for us to get on the radio, okay? Campaign for us to have a Gray Street podcast segment on DMB radio. We wouldn't take up that much of their time, and I think that it would be something people would be interested in. Me too, and it would just be fun for us, like a dream come true. We get to be mm-hmm. on X Sirius XM talking about DMB on their own channel. I mean, gosh, sign me up for that. Exactly. Please. 
just a pre-recorded segment. It'd be just like doing a podcast. We wouldn't be live or anything, yeah. so you don't have to worry about us doing messing up on a live mic, whatever. <laughs> um, I think it would be awesome. So, yeah, we look forward to the call, Sirius XM. Um, Nolan, before we get into our pseudo-summer tour um, for this week, we have another announcement that hasn't been made completely public. It may be by the time this episode airs, but apparently Live Tracks 52 has been an, is ready to go and be ready for pre-order. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can expect for the next uh, installment in the Live Track series? Drumroll, please. Yes, June 6, 2014 is Live Tracks 52, and that is... Hmm. An interesting choice. It is the first full band show in Maine since 1996. And Bruce, I gotta say, it is not one of the stronger shows from uh, 2014 or the DMB two sets era. I don't quite get this pick. There are a couple of cool highlights, but uh, I don't. I'm not sure about this one. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to wait and reserve judgment maybe for I, I mean I know I've listened to this show before just because I tried to listen to all the two sets ones um as that tour was going on but I don't remember much about it obviously we've heard the O opener um as part of Warehouse 7 volume 4 um Dave and Tim O opener which is nice the acoustic set's pretty good um yeah. so we'll get the two step that's cool and I'll back you up um recently which is awesome but the main set just doesn't really jump out to me we get a mm -hmm. blue water partial nolan which is kind of cool mm -hmm. um i think you mentioned the drive in drive out which is also awesome but just a whole lot of standard stuff for 2014 it has the the song rarity rank on almanac is 40 out of 40 so which that means it's the most representative of the 2014 tour it is the most standard show you can possibly get in 2014 so maybe the uh, performances are great we'll have to wait and see um, but that is apparently your live tracks 52 june 6 2014 um so yeah there you go but nolan let's move on to what we all are waiting for what everyone's waiting for the pseudo summer tour gray street pods official uh response to dmb not having a summer tour is creating our own creating a best of all of the venues and where are we going this week going to the creek this week deer creek and we're going all the way back to 2006 bruce <laughs> yes two-nighter in deer creek noblesville indiana and these were the third and fourth shows of the 2006 Summer Tour. A few weeks ago, the tour opening show, which was Live Tracks 25 from Maryland Heights, Missouri, was streamed as part of the Drive-In series. So we're staying on brand with that trend. And uh, Bruce, a few other notes. If you remember, Butch on keys for this. And this was Rashawn mm -hmm. Ross's first full year as DMB's trumpet player. Yes, it was. I think he... You know, he came out a few times in 05, as everyone knows, and this was his first full touring year. Pretty exciting for him. That is, um, you know, congrats, Rashawn. I guess now a 14-year anniversary for you, big guy. Mm. That is awesome. Um, congratulations. And, um, Nolan, this is the, you know, the first tour 
post stand up year, obviously. So we had a you know a full stand up summer tour. They had a fall slash winter tour as well in 05. And here we are back in uh, in the summer of 06, right after stand up. So do the stand up songs continue to dominate sets? I don't know. I guess we shall see. <laughs> um, but just a precursor, <laughs> Nolan. This week's drive-in show, the 2003 show, was so awesome. I mean, the start to it was just incredible. Yeah. And I was like, man, this might be the best start to a DMV show ever. Mm-hmm. Well, we may have a rival here with this night one, uh, June 2nd, 2006 Deer Creek show. Let's go ahead and kick into it. This start is unreal. Silly. It is silly good. And I know you were jumping for joy with the opener here with the stone yes absolutely and it was the only time they played it the entire tour this is the no. third show of the tour and it was the only time they played it what <sighs> come on guys i just don't yeah i just don't really get it um you know it's a good solid version obviously um a few missteps here and there, but you know, if you don't play the song, it's not like it's the easiest thing in the world. If you don't play it, you're going to have some missteps. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a short outro as you know, opposed to now, which are very long versions of the song, um, which is awesome. So Roy and Rashawn kind of go back and forth on the outro or play together. And that's pretty nice and different. So I think we'll play a little bit of that here. Um, and Nolan, what did you think about that? Was that kind of jarring to hear Roy and Rashawn on the outro to you? It was. and But I think the thing that was most jarring is I've just gotten used to Jeff. I mean, just tearing it a new one. And it's it's a little more subdued. I feel like Roy never really like attacked it as much as Jeff does. Um, mm-hmm. But I, the back and forth between... Roy and Rashawn is pretty nice, and I think that was it was cool back then the way the two of them would play off of each other. And um, you'll see as the show goes on and the weekend goes on, this was Rashawn uh, trying to get his bearings a little bit. I mean, he he right. he knew what he was playing, but it's a very raw Rashawn Ross on trumpet. But this outro is nice. Absolutely, and I think a uh, you know it's good, um, Roy on stone mm-hmm. he was the george gervin finger roll okay Ooh, just the ice man soft and smooth the ice man and jeff is the shaquille o'neal break the backboard <laughs> just attacking absolutely destroying the song i mean unreal good uh both of them are just awesome but completely contrast you know the styles are completely con- in contrast to each other mm-hmm. so let's play a little bit of this here before we move on because we've got a lot to cover Yeah. 
solid way to start the show. Oh, and wait, here's like a second opener, Boa, out of nowhere. <laughs> and that's probably the coolest thing about Boa is you just never know until it starts that it's gonna be played. And what a way to follow up Stone. And I mean, that's a strong two song run right there. Dave sounds great. It's one of the songs that Roy shines on Bruce thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. It's always been one of those things where Roy really adds a nice jazzy element to it. Um, just whenever Best of What's Around is played, it's always welcome. But at the start of a show, um, in those first few slots, it just seems like that's where it should live. It's just such a such a great way to get you into the into the show. And Dave even comments here on the liveliness of the crowd. Um, so it seems like that the creek was rocking. Um, and obviously, how could you not be? They don't stop there, Nolan. Raven gets played next stop. and had not been played since 2002 before 2006. Um, so it had not been played in nearly four years. And they played it the first three shows of the tour, huh. this being the third show in a row. So they nailed this version. You can really tell that they had gotten into a groove here on this one. Oh, yeah. And it's the old school intro. Um, yes. As you recall, nowadays... They've played it a few times, and it's a little jazzy piano buddy intro, which is nice but different. Um, this one, a little more structure to it. Uh, both both great, but yeah, three songs in a row here that are just unreal. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we'll play it just a little bit here because they really start going off here at the end. Boyd, Roy, Rashawn, Carter... Um, obviously Roy playing some subtle stuff behind Dave's vocal work here, which I just l have always loved. So we'll play mm -hmm. just a little bit of this here um, for you to enjoy because this, it, this is just classic Raven right here. Uh, so enjoy.
ours. I want to introduce you to a friend of ours over here that's joined us. Joined the six of us, Rashawn Ross over here is playing the trumpet with my friend Roy. He's playing the shot. A nice uh, acknowledgement and introduction from Dave for Mr. Rashawn Ross at the end and shouts out Roy as well. Rashawn on the trumpet and Roy on the saxophone and I mean they were they were quite the tandem in duo right there and just having a horn section uh, really changed the trajectory of the band and the way all of their songs sound and it was, a, it was a nice welcome addition, I think, Bruce. And uh, the run keeps going with Crush. So, I mean, I don't know what Dave was doing earlier in the day to come up with this set, but <laughs> I wish he'd do it more often. Uh, this is, it's awesome. And I don't know, I, Crush is my favorite song. Obviously, I could go on and on and on about it. It's just solid, like it always is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, nothing crazy here. They don't do anything that is absurd, but just really good stuff. I mean, they nail this crush. Um, the crowd starts to go nuts when Roy comes in. Just Carter throws in some extra heat. It's just, it's a lot of fun, and it's just always awesome to see crush early. But then we get another, before these crowded street song, Nolan, this is now three BTCS songs in the first five songs. Mm. <laughs> what? And this one is pig and i mean wow what a start stone best of what's around raven crush pig what i i don't know i mean this like we said this rivals the 03 show from the drive-in the other night i mean it might even be better <sighs> this pig i mean can't say enough good things about pig as a whole but uh you hear some nice Roy playing in the background, um, little improv there, which he would always do. I think one of the coolest things about doing this um, pseudo summer tour and DMB history, like we used to do in the past, is just being able to listen to Roy um, more frequently and just remembering how great he was, Bruce. He's—I mean—he's a legend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Sometimes you just take it for granted a little bit and don't remember. Mm -hmm. Or back in the day, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, Roy, whatever, cool, he's great. But then when you listen now, obviously everything is more with rose-colored glasses when someone is gone or when you can't have it anymore. But, yeah, it is, it is just fantastic to hear. But, yeah, it is just fantastic to hear. And, <clears throat> man, I just love Pig so much. And this is, a, this is another solid version. Nolan, after this, though, they take a slight turn to from, you know, some familiar songs to one that is absolutely not familiar. Um, Dave changes guitars and brings out a guitar that we have never we had never seen before. I'm sure the people in the crowd were like, what is this tiny red thing Dave has strapped to him? Dave debuts the violette or however you pronounce it. Um, the tiny guitar, the tiny red guitar, and um, he brings out that guitar for this song, which makes its song debut here at the Creek. Nolan, tell us about it. Well, you may have never seen this guitar, but I saw it in the Batson sessions in Haunted Hollow in Charlottesville earlier that year, so I knew, okay. um, you know, probably what was coming. But 
The Idea of You song debut. Ooh, Bruce. We went bananas for this when it came out. I remember, much like we talked about last week, when Kill the King made its debut a few nights later, Idea of You was one of the better song debuts that we had heard in a while. Absolutely. And you heard this song open our episode here and just how good it sounds, just how crisp it sounds. Um, God, it was such a great debut. Um, and Dave doesn't even introduce the song. He just walks up and he's like, and they just go into the song um, with that little tiny guitar, Boyd mimicking what he's doing on the intro. It sounds so good. Dave's voice is money. Love what Carter does in this song. Oh yeah. And you know, the little horn lines that they have in there. Just sure that it's they didn't completely nail it, but pretty damn close. And it is one of my favorite versions of the song. Oh yeah. And that just reminded me of another Dave speak about the uh violet guitar and I, I might have been from Seaville, but I Dave's standing up there with it and says, This guitar isn't small, I'm just enormous. That was Charlottesville. Yes, amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one of the maybe underrated part of Roy's playing is his horn composition. I mean, everyone knows he's a stud live, but these horn lines are just so good and really drive the song for me toward the end. I think we should probably mention that the song has obviously changed over the years and it was a big deal um, the way Carter changed up his drumming from the the 06 versions, people kept saying after that it became faster and sounded more like Clocks, the Coldplay song. People kind of turned on the song once that started happening, which I thought was ridiculous because uh, it's still a good song. Like, it's fine. But yeah, the song's kind of been through a lot and now it's on an album, Come Tomorrow, and Bruce, it took him 12 years to release it. Oh no. Unreal, and still no shotgun or kill the king. By the way, from 06 songs or but... break free. <sighs> oh yeah, gosh. I mean, I think break free was even sound checked this show. Um, damn it, <laughs> and kill the king. But just you know, whatever. I don't understand. And this is just such a such a great version, such a great debut. But um, you know, Dave talks about it being a debut here a little bit, and talks about those. Uh, um, the writing sessions, I guess, a tiny bit, and them debuting a new song. Thank you for listening and all that stuff. Um, thank you for playing it, Dave.
Thank you very much. This is a new song called Idea of You. one out there we gotta try them we've been writing for a while we gotta throw one at you hope you all enjoy it and so i mean i would consider that nolan continuing the great start to the show well yeah and so in that sense it continues even further with bartender i mean <laughs> oh man what a unreal scorcher bartender to the show um <laughs> yes <laughs> great espn reference Thank you. um Dave's voice continues its great sound right here in this song. And um, Stefan Lassard really kind of stood out to me on this song. Played some really nasty stuff. Now, maybe it probably doesn't translate as well if we played it on the podcast, but I would you know check that this uh, version out whenever you get the chance, everybody, and try to listen hard for Stefan Lassard here. Just mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, the unsung hero, and it's it's... I feel like his his playing is easily overlooked at times. Um, like you said, it probably wouldn't make for great radio or podcasting to play right here, but he's always on point. And uh, Dave's yells and falsettos and wailing um, that have become such a big part of Bartender right here are so good. Bruce, you noted that he sings along with Roy and Rashawn there for a few bars, and the, the three of them kind of lock up, and that was pretty unique and something that we had not heard before up to this point in the band's history. Yeah. um, We'll play a little bit of it here. So you'll notice us a little different. Dave kind of starts his yell as opposed to the falsetto early. Then he goes back into the falsetto. Then he yells again. And then um, as it's transitioning out, Rashawn and Leroy are playing, you know, they're a couple of lines and Dave kind of like mimics them. And so it's kind of fun and playful. And then, so all of that part um, just kind of blends together and we'll play it for you right here.
pretty cool. And so obviously that leads into the outro portion of the song. But Nolan, bartender back in the day, and I guess still now it's still fairly long, but people would complain about its length and they would complain because of what came next. And that was Butch Taylor's solo here. Um, there was a lot of complaints about this. I never really minded it too much because I'm a big piano fan. Mm. Um, were they a little bit drawn out, maybe too long? Yeah, sure. But I thought some good stuff came out of it. But um, I think that you kind of side with the uh, more, uh, eh, not so much crowd on this one. That I do, Bruce. Uh, you know, as talented as Butch was, it just doesn't do it for me. And there are a few songs throughout this weekend where I'm like, let's let's get this song going or end it. I think it's way too drawn out and it's just kind of slow and sleepy is the best way I know how to describe it. You know, I think it's maybe a, a little bit of a problem when the song picks up with an if I only had a brain interpolation as Roy would often do, because <laughs> that is also super slow. But yeah, I just, I never got into into Butch's long drawn out piano solos, although it's beautiful playing. It's not what I'm looking for um, when I'm at a concert. It's just, mm-hmm. just kind of boring to me. And then you compare it to the way Buddy goes after songs now, and it's just totally different. And I much prefer uh, Buddy's style, so... That's that's that for me. I think we should probably play a little bit of this though, because there are some some nice highlights, and mainly because of Carter going off. Yeah, absolutely, and I would echo that on Buddy. I, I like the Buddy and Tim duo that we've got going in bartender outros now. I mean, some of my favorite um, last half or last third portion of bartenders are the current ones. I think that they are absolutely slaying that song right now. Um, but yeah, as we've played a little bit here in the background, let's uh, turn it up a little bit here with Carter because, I mean, it's Carter. So why don't you go ahead and be a god, Carter? We'll listen.
Ooh, thank you, Carter. That was delicious. And that uh, version of Bartender clocks <laughs> in at 19 minutes. So that's, uh, that's reaching uh, two-step and seek-up levels right there. But that's fine. I, to me, the, the run of the show kind of uh, dipped a little bit there with the, uh, with the jam. And then uh, it's followed up by When the World Ends. So it's a nice, uh, maybe a halfway point. Good, good run to start mm-hmm. the show. And Bruce, hold on a second. They pick it right back up for one song. And that is JTR. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, very interestingly, Nolan, 2006 summer tour, especially early, saw a really aggressive return uh, with JTR. It was it was played 17 times over the summer tour. That's a lot mm-hmm. uh, for that song. And of course, they didn't play it in Charlottesville later in the year. Like, <laughs> what? But but I saw it each in of Charlotte. F- so. Thank you. Yeah, you guys. got to see it, but why would you not play it in your hometown? I mean, Ugh. you played a song that dominated, you know, a lot over the tour and not in Charlottesville. I don't think it's ever been played there, so nice. But <laughs> each of the first six shows saw a JTR, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, it's just a solid version, like nothing overly noteworthy or anything, just really nice. Um, and I know that, you know, it leads into one of your favorite songs of all time here next. That is incorrect. Hunger for the Great Light, and this is the first and only stand-up song of the night. 11 songs in. And Bruce, like we said before, this is a year after stand-up was released. So clearly they got the message that those songs fell flat live a little bit in (laughs) 05. Um, Somehow they keep showing up over the years, but uh, yeah. You wanted to play some of this, but I don't. I don't really want to do that to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. So I always, for whatever reason, have sort of liked the last like ten seconds of the song. Um, That's fine. Just when it like gets, uh, you know, fairly energetic. I mean, the song is very short. It's like three and a half minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, packs a punch. And so, yeah, it packs a little punch. So let's play the last ten seconds just because I don't know when the last time I heard the last bit of Hunger for the Great Light. (laughs) Hmm. And when I said packs a punch, I meant more of like a slap, like a little play slap. That's what it packs. One of the the Dave and Brian Calhoun slaps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, okay, well, they pick it back up here with uh, what would you say? Um, another solid version of the song. Nothing to get crazy about here. Roy, obviously, always good on this song. But Nolan, then they want to jam again. So they bring out Lie in Our Graves. This was a tour debut for the show. We had several tour debuts. Um, but this was another one. And... You know, I don't know if it was anything overly standout about the song, but just pretty good, solid stuff from Boyd. Yeah, and just just nice to hear him again. I mean, he's he's part of what made DMB have that classic and unique sound. And, uh, you know, obviously we miss hearing it nowadays, but I would say 
Graves, Billy's, and Ants were uh, were Boyd Peak Boyd songs where he just mm-hmm. went went bananas and uh, and Nancy's and Nancy's. Thank you. So yeah, obviously missed that, and it was nice to hear him. But Bruce, another another Butch solo at the end, um, and that's <laughs> that's a lot of Butch in uh, in a short time span there. And I kind of felt like the 06 tour had too much Butch in general, and uh, probably talk about that a little bit later. But I was actually mm-hmm. listening to this and doing my research, as we do on the Gray Street Pod, and. My wife was in the kitchen and uh, was like, what What are you listening to? It sounds like elevator music. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. I was like, I'm listening to Butch Taylor. <laughs> and I don't know why. Butch Taylor on the keys. Nice playing, but boring and uh, just drags on again. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't agree with that. I think it just... Those things last a little long. If you shore those up by a couple minutes, it just gets a lot better. Or if he just brings a little more energy, um, it gets a lot better because the guy is absurdly talented and can bring some energy on the keys. Just didn't really do it there on Lionar Graves or you know sometimes not on Bartender as well. But um, I digress because we do get the energy back up with too much on the tail end of the set. And the outro scat's pretty fun, Nolan. I think, uh, yeah. I think that's something that the people should hear. Yeah, let's do it. such a good thing that's always such a fun portion of a show is dave's energetic scat outro to too much um, and so we round out the main set here with uh Pantala and rapunzel always a good ways good way to close um you know as we talked about uh the jazzy sound that we had heard in um, a couple songs here or you know the older old school dmb Pantala Nagapampa is something that I miss the way that it sounds. Um, it is it was just so subtle, jazzy, um, not as loud and seemingly like blaring, um, mm-hmm. just very subtle. And Roy does some good stuff in it. So I think that that's, that was something that I noticed here. Just, oh, man, I forgot how good Pantala was. Not that it's bad now. It just was jarring how different uh, that it was. But 
Um, solid way to end the set there, Nolan. Yeah, definitely solid. And I think to your uh, point, you could say that about a lot of songs and the way they've changed from mm-hmm. 06 to uh, to now. And uh, I don't know, let's play Pantalanaga Pampa here. I don't think we've played it yet on the pod. I could be wrong, but let's hear this airy, jazzy, subtle version. I, I just love that. And um, if you can't tell the difference between that and how it sounds now, well, okay, that's fine. But um, we definitely can. And maybe, Nolan, we should do a deep dive into this. I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. We did it with Cornbread last year, the evolution of songs. And, you know, we talked about which songs that we think have gotten a little worse or that we don't like now as much. Um, and songs that have definitely gotten better. And I think that we could potentially do a deep dive into that at some point. Bruce, I think we could do just an entire episode on that. And maybe we will. I think we'll have some time this summer. So stay tuned for that, folks. Absolutely. And if you'll, and you know, Nolan, something else that I noticed here and also on the drive in the other day is that Dave is staying away from that falsetto note. He did this mm-hmm. a lot in 06 on Rapunzel's. I mean, I remember the one we saw in Seville. He stayed away from it. And um, you reminded me, this was a big deal at the time amongst diehards. Um, oh, yeah. It was quite a few years that Dave kind of struggled to hit those falsettos. You know, he doesn't really struggle to hit the falsettos now. He kind of struggles to scream now. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's taking taken a complete... 180 from the way that it was uh, which is very interesting i know and I, I mean i remember on the boards this was like people freaking out oh dave i don't know how much longer he'll be able to sing for he can't hit the falsettos mm-hmm. what's he doing to his voice on american baby intro with the <laughs> screaming like 05 and 06 was peak abi and uh man i don't <laughs> i don't know how he has a voice now after just shredding it up on those Uh but yeah this was a a big deal and i I believe bruce that it was around this time uh that dave quit smoking and Mm -hmm. shockingly his voice got better who would have ever thought (laughs) i sent some sarcasm there uh Mm -hmm. yeah i you know those are obviously the rumors and i have no idea when he uh got off the cigs or whatnot i you know I don't know Dave's private life, but mm-hmm. that would seemingly help, I would think. So um, good on you, Dave. Yes, we thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much because not only are you still around, but you're still singing very strongly. Um, so that ended the main set, pretty solid. And you know, to start off the encore, we start the encore like almost every encore in 2006 started with a solo sister. Mm. Um, actually... 
Nolan, I looked this up. I was like, I wonder how many times Sister was played in 2006. Well, it was played 26 times. And wow. this is the fourth, technically the fourth song in a row in this show that was played exactly 26 times. Too Much, Pantala Nagapampa, and Rapunzel, then Sister, were all played 26 times uh, during the 2006 summer tour. Interesting. I'd actually, I don't want that for Sister nowadays, but I would take that for Too Much. I think we need to, we need to start a campaign about bringing Too Much back more into the regular oh, they're rotation dominating too much now it's it's so good i don't it kind of went away but man bring that back and uh yes you know I, i'm i'm not a huge fan of sister i did not like it um back during this time i'd prefer it in that mid-set break i guess if we're gonna have it but playing at e1 is just uh not my cup of tea and i will also say hmm. If it's going to be played E1, there better be two other songs played after it. Because uh, mm-hmm. just going, I believe you saw an encore of Sister Cornbread once. And uh, yep. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I know. That wasn't, that wasn't my favorite. The show was awesome, but that wasn't the best way to, yeah. to send us off. Um, I've, always, I've always liked Sister more i think than the average person um and i think it fits perfectly fine in e1 it was just it has just been played way too much i understand why dave does play it it obviously has way more of a connection with him than it would with anyone else uh for the most part oh yeah um i think so when you're saying that you would rather it be played uh mid-set you mean so when they're playing like here on out and carter starts to meditate like that um portion of the show yeah because I feel, I feel like then there's there's still time to like to get excited for more stuff. Like <laughs> when it's in the encore, you're like the entire time, like a song that you're not looking forward to or that you don't like gets played E1. You're like the whole time the next song better be good. <laughs> I'm serious. That's how that's how I am at least. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. They kind of. Did not listen to my advice on on this one, and uh, luckily though they throw in a tease as a somewhat second song in the encore, Bruce, and that was mm-hmm. number forty. And the Gray Street Pod loves number forty. Yeah, absolutely. I think this should be a song that Dave kind of plays solo mid set sometimes, and then oh, we yeah. get full band. Other this song should definitely be expanded upon and played this is an interesting thing nolan this is a pretty famous number 40 tease um Mm -hmm. you can hear some fans like kind of yelling for it and dave starts it and then uh sings a little bit softly and then backs away and you can hear him kind of laugh like and then people cheer and boo nolan like loud boos Um, yeah and the lovely ladies weren't even on stage. It was so weird. Like, I couldn't believe people were booing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave is such a troll. Uh, that is hilarious. And um, let's just go ahead and play this entire little tease thing and see exactly what Dave does say at the end here.
Oh, does it, Dave? Does it sound like a good day? Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll hold you I to guess. it. Yeah, we will hold you to that, Dave. And instead of, um, so Dave seemingly cut Crash into me from the encore. It was on the set list in favor of this uh, minute-long 40 tees. Um, so that's interesting. But uh, Nolan, solid, solid into the show. And another song where we talked about, man, when you hear it, you're like, man, I do miss that. And that was Ants Marching to close out the, um, this night one at the creek. And man, we both miss that sound of that song. And, you know, that last 45 seconds or so of the song is just like the best piece of DMB music possible. Oh, 100%, Bruce. It's just every band member firing on all cylinders, Roy and Boyd both sounding fantastic. And this, the song speaks for itself. So let's listen to it. just that makes me so happy mm-hmm. just makes me so happy what a great way to end a great first night at the creek back in 2006 so now nolan let's move on to night two june 3rd 2006 another solid night here at the creek will it live up to night one's absurd hype will it be better will it be worse or will it be the same i don't know but let's dive in nolan we start the show with one sweet world and this seemed to be kind of uh, a common opener for 2006. 15 times it opened uh, a 2006 summer show. It was only played 17 times for the year, and 15 of them were openers. So that's, uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, they were loving this as an opener back then, and uh, no intro to it, but uh, no instrumental intro there. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun scat outro. Slow start to the show. Dave takes it up a notch with Gray Street here in the number two slot. And Bruce, I don't want to, I don't want to go after Butch too much here, but <laughs> but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. So <laughs> this song, along with the slow jams that we talked about um, in the previous night, this song is one of the 
one of the things that turned me off of Butch. And I just thought in 06, he was way too involved, way too prominent in the songs. And none of them stand out more than Gray Street to me, where those first few notes, if you listen right now, Yikes, that is heavy, heavy on the butch. And I just want to hear Dave's guitar there. And then I want to hear horns. That's what Gray Street is to me. Um, mm. It's just, it was just not a good year for the mix, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like Dave getting drowned out. So that was my, my biggest thing. Happened on Kill the King as well. That was one of those 06 songs that I felt like Maybe could have been toned down a little bit on the keys, but it's just Roy on the outro and no Rashawn actually. Bruce, what are your, what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. all that? Um, yeah, I kind of agree. We talked about this in 2006 that we were just like, man, I, I don't really hear Dave's guitar very much in Gray Street. Um, very loud, Butch, but yeah, uh, I totally agree. Definitely a weird mix, and Dave gets drowned out. Um, Pretty cool to hear, you know, Roy on the outro of Gray Street as always. It definitely sounded different not having uh, trumpet and sax competing there. Um, but, you know, Roy and Carter on the outro of Gray Street was just always, always a blast back then. So we missed that, but that's okay. We still love Gray Street. Um, Nolan, the set continues with um, Every Day. Not, not as strong of a start as Night One, that's for sure. So, we'll, you know, whatever. But Idea of You gets played. So here's a repeat. So the second time ever for Idea of You. And this one was another solid version. I think I like the first night better. The debut was a little better, but mm-hmm. this one was still good. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I totally get you want to play that back-to-back nights. It's cool. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw it. Let's see. This was – I saw it 17 days later in Charlotte. And uh, – it was an encore of Shotgun, Idea of You, and Tripping Billies. And wow, holy smokes. That's what I'm talking about. Love that. Um, you know, this this is one of the staples of 06. And I think the it's just got that summer vibe. And when I think about the 06 tour, I, I really think about Idea of You. Yeah, absolutely. I just that red griffin guitar that Mm. uh violet guitar that's what i think of with 06 yeah and the uh and the square screens the three squares yeah those were (laughs) sweet i love those (laughs) those are awesome um but yeah so then we move on with dancing nancy's making a sort of early set appearance here um and Back then, I don't know if you guys remember, but Dave used to do these weird, like, drunk man intros. <laughs> and um, so that was kind of interesting. I we'll forgot that he for did you that. right here. I know. Yeah. So we'll play a little bit of that. And then we'll play you some of Boyd from this song because, you know, you, you just can't have enough Boyd from Nancy's. I really miss that part. We talked about Tim on Nancy's doing a great job last week. And so now we're going to contrast that with uh, a little old school Boyd action from Nancy's. So enjoy the drunk dancing Nancy's here. I'll skip to the bottom of this bottle as soon as I do. I'll make my way back. First things first, mama used to say. 
Get to the bottom of this bottle and then I'll be back again Well, don't you worry about me, baby I'll be fine as well But don't you ever wonder, baby Life looks like death for me Rearrange, don't change You could be somebody Other than yourself You could be somebody Somewhere else sure plenty of people at the creek enjoyed the drunk version of that song and bruce i think uh one thing that i always like i don't know maybe overlook nowadays in contrasting it with the way tim dominates nancy's and how it used to be boyd the ending is just it boyd is so smooth on that ending when it fades out and back Mm -hmm. then Obviously, it used to go into warehouse a ton, as it does here, but that that transition is just so smooth. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, just, it's fantastic. Just a classic segue there. And Boyd just did a great job kind of leaving you hanging with it. Mm-hmm. And then they... Remember the woos, everybody? Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wish that the woos didn't really exist. I like them when I did them for a while. You know, when we go to shows, I'll be like, yeah, woo! Same. And then when they changed it back to the uh, classic old school under the table sort of intro. And if you're too young to remember, 
or you weren't a fan back then, it was really led by Fonz and a little bit Carter where the woos would start and Fonz would throw his hand up in the air. Carter would throw a drumstick up in his hand <laughs> to yeah. try and like lead the woos. So the band was definitely feeling oh, it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And then obviously they did it in Joyride as well, but no more woos mm. on Warehouse. And I think it's, uh, it's for the better. Yeah, I just like the intro that they do now. I just absolutely love the Warehouse intro. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter. The riff to Warehouse is just so good. If you want to do the the stop time or the under the table intro, fine by me as long as you're playing the song. Um, and this is a good version, Nolan. We've got a nice butch solo in the middle, which I'm sure you loved. Mm. Um, and the salsa jam. Um, this is a little bit, it's not the uh, drawn out, slower butch solo so maybe you found this one a little more tolerable i actually like butch in the salsa jam the part leading up to it not Mm -hmm. quite as as fond of but the the salsa jam he added a nice element to that yeah absolutely so it's a solid version and you know i'm sure as you know nolan has just been fawning over butch he really loved this next song which was steady as we go the second of only three stand-up songs for the weekend so we get a nice butch solo lead in and then steady as we go. Um, beautiful. Right. Don't don't and associate me with steady as we go. This is your song. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful. It can be a beautiful song. And um, this wasn't my favorite version of the song, but, I, you know, I don't hate it as most seemingly do. And speaking of songs, people seem to hate Jimmy thing comes next. And 06 Jimmy, which. uh was an interesting time for Jimmy. I think Butch started scatting at some point in 06. Is that right, Nolan? Or was it 05? Um, I don't remember, I but Butch 06. would also do a scat. I don't think he did it on this version. He did not. But pff, whatever. We're going to play some of um, the real scat, the Dave scat, and uh, that's always a fun thing, a fun portion of Jimmy thing. So, Dave, tell us what you think. Thank you. 
you know, it was kind of nice hearing another Dave scat. I kind of, I kind of miss them. They were, uh, they were so good in that 03 to 06 range, and then he kind of stopped doing them a little bit. Um, but I don't know. Do you think he should bring back the scat? Yeah, they, he had some good scats um, over the last few years. I don't think that he's done one the last couple years because they're playing 15 different outros. <laughs> so I think he cut out the scat, but I'd rather the scat than sexy MF. So, But um, Bruce. Yes. One thing, for what it's worth outro on this song. So in 06, they were still doing the for what it's worth outro. A better mm-hmm. question is, and I know the answer, do you want the scat back? Or Dave's acoustic solo. Oh, acoustic solo, hundred yeah. percent. Um, I really miss that. Gosh, I think he did one on the drive-in the other night from 03. He did. Um, and obviously, you know, if you go back in back in time to around 04 and before, you will get some awesome Dave acoustic solos on Jimmy Thing. And we haven't had those. I don't think we've had one since 04. Nolan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're right. Man, those were awesome. I know, I miss those too. And it uh, seems like Dave was missing Crash Into Me after cutting it from the encore the night before because they <laughs> play that next. And yes. uh, solid version, like always. And Bruce, this is one of the more interesting repeats I think there's ever been, especially in a two-night stand. And that's that's another JTR. You get JTR both nights at the Creek. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were, like we said before, they seem to be loving this song at the beginning of 2006. Uh, this is the sixth time in a row. No, the uh, fourth time in a row. This was the fourth show of the tour. First six shows, seven of the first eight what? got JTR. Um, just crazy. And yeah, to repeat it on a two-night stand, I mean, I think people would be sort of, these days they'd be baffled, but I don't think they'd really complain. Oh, if, if people start complaining about JTR getting played too much, then... We're just done as a fan base, Bruce. <laughs> and this one, I've always felt like Roy's lines are just so underrated. So that was nice to hear. Rashawn a little too loud and, and squeaky, I think. We, we both kind of thought that. But this is a song where every band member shines and contributes. Absolutely. Um, just, it's so powerful. Um, and I think that you and Norlander were uh, in agreement that is the best portion of dmb music the ending there so oh yeah um, and that's hard to argue it's up there and then yeah so that's a fantastic song and they continue with another fantastic song here with grace is gone and it's just it's just lovely just as always um you know these days we get i believe a buddy solo at the end of grace is gone but at Mm -hmm. times we've gotten jeff solos on it and it is just so crazy how fantastic but yet so different jeff and roy can be on these two on this song in particular um and you know it's just another just testament to how great these two musicians are but just you know how stylistically they are different and it is just really cool to be able to hear roy do his thing because this used to be one of my favorite roy songs yeah totally with you on that and you're probably hearing some some roy playing in the background right now and hmm, Mm. sounds so good and uh you know after the song dave gets a little political bruce and uh is not happy with 
the way things are going in the world. And this is back in 2006, and we're just gonna play it right now, and wow, a lot of things haven't changed. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care about what anybody believes or what their politics are or anything like that, but I gotta tell you one thing when you look at when you look at the TV or you read any newspaper anywhere, you look at the covers of magazines without even having to go into them, you know that the world's in a pretty fucked up way right now. And, uh, but I tell you, I've said it before, but to come, come into a room with so many people having a good time really kind of give you hope, maybe. So thank you so much for coming. Yep, so um, those that for some reason seem to think that Dave has just gotten political over the last few years, uh, you haven't been paying attention because this has gone on for a very long time. You can go back a very long time in the band's career to get some political speak from Dave and um, just look at a lot of his songs. We won't go into that now, but just pay a little more attention. Um, okay, so the set continues here with Billy's. And, I mean, come on. We love tripping Billy's. I mean, this is just another peak DMB song and always great. It's, it doesn't close the set, so it's cool to have it sort of mid-set, mm -hmm. late-set-ish. Um, but this is something that you know stood out to me again. I was like, man, yes, hell yeah, I'm picking it back up. Like After a smooth grace, you get a punch to the face. Yeah, and there's some great Boyd and Bonds on this, and you can, you can tell the exact moment when Boyd starts running around the stage because the crowd goes nuts, <laughs> and I'm... I miss that. He was like, what did Dave call him? Like a Muppet running around. Uh, it's awesome. But that is hilarious. So good. Um, but Bruce, next we have a liberation and it's kind of a low key liberation. Not, not something that you're super wowed at, but just a beautiful song that is always solid and they always nail it, but digging a ditch. And it's the first time since August, 2003. Ooh, wow. That had been a while. Um, Pretty wild, digging a ditch, being a liberation. I mean, it just seems like these days you get it a couple times every year. Sprinkled uh, in. Seemingly. Yeah, just sprinkled in. A, ni a nice mix of digging a ditch. But yes, absolutely, this is a song. Um, it's always nice to hear. It's a nice cool-down song. Um, just just solid. And, you know, if you're getting it at the end of a set, I'd love to have it right before this next song. Two-step. These were... Yeah. I mean, this is... This is the tour debut for Two Step um, right here. I'm sure everyone was rocking during this thing. Um, and we'll play a little bit of the intro because it's a little different. You get some nice uh, fonds in there, um, some unique Carter on the wood block, which, uh, you know, we're used to that. But this one seemed a little different to me, to my ear. And um, a little bit different Dave on the improv lyrics intro did not do the daddy tell me a story uh, intros that were very common in 2006. I guess this was pre um, the daddy story <laughs> improv intro. So let's take a listen to the two-step intro here because I love it. So far away 
That is so good, and I've said it a million times, but the horns coming in at the end of this intro to start up the song is my favorite live moment that, from DMB. I mean, holy cow, when you're there in person, it is so loud and powerful. Mm, Bruce, it doesn't get better than that. No, it really doesn't. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things we're, you know, we've kind of railed on Butch, Butch. One of my favorite songs for Butch was Two Step. Um, you know, the Central Park version is very, very good. There were some 2007, I think the Piedmont Park version is really good um, as far as officially released Butch Two Steps. But I think that he did a really good job on this song. Him and Carter always seem to have a lot of fun. Um, and it always kind of went from the Butch and Carter jam into the Carter solo so that was just always fantastic yeah i you know a super long version and back in 06 two-step was just a monster super long uh butch more the same as we talked about in line our graves and bartender but yeah carter just this is carter's song and you know i i was waiting at the end to see if it was going to be one of those where Carter just decides he's not going to stop playing. And there were a few times in 06 where the band was, you know, getting ready to finish the song and they would bring it all together to end it. And then, nope, Carter just kept playing. And he was like, "I'm. we're just going to build it back up and keep it going and keep it going and keep it going. And it did not happen <laughs> in this one. But I saw it uh-huh. later this summer in Raleigh. Oh, my. Just this is peak two-step. I think I don't know if the song's been better. It was one. It was a time where every time you saw Two Step, it was the best version you've seen or heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. It, I think that trend continued. You know, from right around here to like 2013 ish. Um, it was like a good solid six, seven years in a row where it seemed like every single Two Step was better than the one before. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're talking about 2006 ones, that Charlottesville night one with Robert Randolph is a really good version. Um, September 22nd, 06. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, and I know that you you said that was a Charlotte 06 is a really good one. Raleigh um, 06. Raleigh 06. Okay, pardon. Um, yeah, I mean, it just seems every, every single time they kept playing it in those years, it just got better and better. And just what a great way to end a solid show. Solid main set here, Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we move on to the encore, and um, you know, are people getting a little restless? We haven't seen forty yet. <laughs> uh, Dave kind of promised it, so will we see it in the encore? I don't know. Dave walks out, and um, what happens, Nolan? Well, he plays sister again, so I'm <laughs> sure they were loving that and were fearful <laughs> that they were going to miss out on number forty. But just like the previous night, number forty 
comes back. The fans are chanting for it. Dave makes good on his promise. Carter gets in on it, and this is, I mean, fairly close to a full version. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's considered a partial in almanac, and I agree with that because it's only like a minute and forty seconds. Um so they also have a note here, Nolan, which is interesting. Dave apparently uses the lyrics from the August twenty-fifth, two thousand one version. Um so the note here on the almanac says the band's twenty-fifth anniversary pop-up gallery, which if you don't remember, they did in Charlottesville and I believe also at the Gorge, maybe they brought it with them. Um, which had a bunch of pictures and set lists and all these interesting things that they've had in the vault over the years. Yeah. Um, so this pop-up gallery contained a printed out copy of the lyrics from 825.01, that version of 40, with the lyrics from this show's version handwritten underneath. Mm. Um, so I guess, Nolan, maybe Dave had that printed out um, for him for this show and then maybe someone hand wrote what Dave actually sang under or did Dave handwrite lyrics not really sure but it seems like it was based on that um August 25th 2001 version that is super interesting and a great find there that uh wow that's super cool yeah, huh? way to go almanac I know man they're the best they really are but Nolan why in the I mean it seems like that this song could go on longer. Maybe they were kind of strapped for time and they knew mm. that they had a couple of uh, longer songs coming up here next, which we'll talk about. But, man, it just seemed like they could have kept going with 40 here. Yeah, I wish they would have, but they did not. And, Bruce, instead, they decided they were going to play The Dreaming Tree for the first time <laughs> in the encore. Unreal. Like, that it just does not seem like an... I would never think that that would be coming in the encore. If the main no. set has ended, I'm pretty much, yep, not seeing Dreaming Tree tonight. But they decided that, uh, nope, that's not true. First time since August 7th, 2003, so another liberation here. Um, but wow, just first time played in the encore, Nolan, not, uh, I wouldn't know what to think. No, but you know what? I'd probably be happy regardless of whatever they were going to play after it. I wouldn't care because 
one of their best songs and uh, we were looking at some of the stats and I think it might be their most teased song with like 20 teases slash partial plays, which is crazy. But Bruce, we saw it the other night on the drive-in from the 03 show and noticed it's a little, they're a little different. Um, it took a break in 04 and 05, like you said, it liberated in 06. And uh, that transition from the verse to the chorus changed in between um, 03 and 06, where it's a little sped up. Dave is playing in 03, more of the uh, studio cut and the studio chords that he played. In 06, it's, um, it's sped up, quicker strumming, and uh, he's going that D minor, B flat to C pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. you know, since then, the song has kind of remained the same, and it, it's sped up, and it sounds better, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was very, very good ear there. It seems like that you know they played it the way Dave plays it on the album there for the first few years, and then Dave decided to change it with a three-chord quick change in that transition from verse to chorus, which is awesome. I just missed the song, Nolan. It hasn't been played full band since 2015. We're obviously what? likely not going to have it full band at all in 2020. Maybe Dave <sighs> so solo it will have been... via Sirius XM. Yeah, but I mean we've had we've had some Dave and Tim versions. We had one I think earlier this year, but we need the full band. We need the full band Dreaming Tree to come back. And it's just it is very sad that we haven't seen that since 2015. So, oh man, what a cool what a cool bone to throw the Deer Creek crowd to send them home, you know, in this encore of night 2, giving them a Dreaming Tree the first time ever in an encore. Very very awesome.
we've actually mentioned during the wine tasting, the Dreaming Tree wine tasting before the drive-in about a month ago now. He was like, if I drink enough of this, the song might actually come back. Did he say that? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Another troll job by Dave. Very, very good job, Dave. Good job. Um, <laughs> gosh, that's hilarious. So, you know, we go from a song that is just basically forgotten and not played in these last few years, you know, currently to a um, song that has been played a lot these last few years that has been that has reached a resurgence ever since Buddy has joined the band. And so they're closing the weekend with the third and final stand up song of the weekend, Louisiana Bayou, Nolan. After number 40 in Dreaming Tree, not really what I would have been looking for. No, and you know, I was thinking about it. Why do we not like this song? Like, why? Maybe a better question is why, when this song starts, is it more of an eye roll from us than a, oh, sick, Bayou? Because once this song gets going, I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. That initial, like, vibe to me is always like a, oh, Bayou again? Yeah, I think it was just the absurd amount of overplays that it had its first two years out on yeah. tour. I mean, um, in 2006, it was played 38 times. So 38 <laughs> out of the 51 shows of the 2006 summer tour got a Louisiana Bayou. I mean, that is that is gross. That is <laughs> really way too many. Um so if you play a song into the ground like that, and I get it, they loved it, and they had Robert Randolph on a lot of versions, and that was oh, fun. Yeah. I understand, but that is just way too many, in my opinion. And that's you know that doomed the song, honestly. Um, and Nolan, I just did a quick search. That was not the most played song of the tour. Uh, you want to take a quick guess what was at forty-two out of fifty-one plays? Oh my gosh. Um... Quick guess. Hunger. Yeah. Hunger. Oh. oh no. I would have never I would have never guessed Ew. that song was played that many times. I'm so ever. mad that I got I that right. I didn't know that that song had been played that many times in its entire career. Well. But that, I mean that's that's absurd. So apparently Hunger was the uh, most played song in 2006. But bye. Okay, good solid closer. Yeah. Um, solid version, nothing overly noteworthy here. It's fun, uh, so that's cool. But you know, maybe not what you would have wanted to close a pretty epic Deer Creek weekend overall. And um, no, that was fun. It was fun to revisit that 2006 weekend back at the creek. So hopefully that you know helps satiate uh, some of the those who were going to be going to Deer Creek this weekend. Um, hopefully that satiated the sadness and helped you know, helped you recover. Uh, we know that it is not a good feeling right now to not have that Deer Creek, that Deer Creek weekend uh, to look forward to or to have it been played. So that is, um, that's sad, but hopefully that we did a good job uh, making y'all feel better. Hopefully about it. the Almanac guys are feeling good after listening to this because that is their, their home venues that they always go to. So boys, hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was fun. And Nolan, I'm not sure what we're going to do for the next pseudo summer tour, but um, 
it'll be fun regardless. I think that the next venue for the 2020 tour was going to be Blossom. So maybe we'll dive into uh, the history at Blossom. We also potentially could go to Riverbend, which we just had a show from a couple weeks ago with the Almanac. So we have a couple of cool uh, venues to discuss. Uh, We'll see what what we bring you guys if y'all have any suggestions shoot them there shoot them our way um and uh you know we'd be happy to consider it and to hear your justification or if you were at any shows from blossom or riverbend over the years send us a review of the show you know let us know what the experience was like we'd love to hear from you there so nolan uh, why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can do that and we'll go ahead and wrap up our 30th episode of the corner of gray street podcast wow 30 episodes already that is awesome and that doesn't include the uh some of the bonus interview episodes we did but uh so check those out too but you can find us at gray street pod on instagram and twitter we're the corner of gray street podcast page on facebook graystreetpod at gmail.com if you want to send us any ideas suggestions reviews feedback comments whatever your heart desires. Bruce, looking forward to doing this again real soon. And to all you dads out there, happy belated Father's Day. Hope you were still able to celebrate despite uh, the quarantine, but hope you were able to see your loved ones and spend some quality time with them. I know I did, and it was just so nice to get out of the house and uh, and go see uh, my parents and get to spend my first father's day as a dad with my son and my dad who got to spend his first father's day with us as poppy as a grandpa (laughs) oh yes that is awesome so happy father's day to you dude um and a happy father's day to your father and obviously my father as well hopefully we'll be able to uh see him and see my parents uh here soon so absolutely happy father's day to all the dads out there. Um, y'all are kicking some ass. Love it. And that'll just about do it here uh, for us. You know, we hope to see all of you, uh, most of you, join us on Instagram Live here soon. Um, so remember, before the drive-in shows, check out our Instagram page, see if if and when we're going to do a live just broadcast where we'll just yuck it up with everybody. Uh, we had fun doing it this week, so let's do it again, Nolan. And we can't wait to see you there. And next time on the corner of Gray Street.
Hey music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy.